Glory to God. This is Dr. Ruth. How are you doing today? I trust the Lord you are doing well. So I have a question for you. Have you been blessed by the teachings in this podcast? I trust the Lord that you have been blessed because the word of God never returns void. So would you do me a favor? Would you email us to let us know how these teachings are transforming your lives, what the Lord is doing with these teachings in your life? I would really, really like to hear from you. And it will be a blessing to read about your feedback or testimonies, okay? So here is our email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. Again, it is info I-N-F-O at drruthtanyi.org. I thank you in advance for sending me your feedback as I am really excited to, to hear what the Lord is doing and I look forward to reading your emails and I do read all of the emails. So when you send me an email, I will personally respond. So I really encourage you to email us and let us know how these teachings are transforming your lives. Glory to God. And also, please remember to share this with friends and family and check out our YouTube page, Facebook page, and Instagram. And we also have a bookstore where you can uh, check it out and find other Bible teaching materials right there. So I pray in the name of Jesus that your hearts are open to receive God's word today and you will be blessed. Here is the teaching. We go right away into chapter 33. Moses is preparing for his imminent death. So he would offer blessings to the tribes of Israel. So let's get right into it. So that is the gist of chapter 33. I begin with verse 1 out of Deuteronomy chapter 33. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelites before his death. Verse 2, he said, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned over them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came with myriads of holy ones from the south from his mountain slopes. Verse 3, surely it is you who love the people. All the holy ones are in your hand. Here we see him just exalting the Lord. Okay. At your feet, they all bow down and from you receive instruction. We know that is self-explanatory. Verse 4, the law that Moses gave us, the possession of the assembly of Jacob. So, now Moses is going to start to pronounce blessings on all of the different tribes. I will not go over all these verses because they are pretty much self-explanatory. I will just highlight a few of them here. We come down to verse 6. Let Reuben live and not die, nor his people be few. Verse 7. And this he said about Judah. Hear, Lord, the cry of Judah. Bring him to his people. With his own hands, he defends his cause. Oh, be his help against his foes. Self-explanatory. Speaking forth God's blessings and strength over the tribe of Judah. Can you imagine what these various tribes were thinking in their heads as Moses was pronouncing these blessings to them? You have to remember back then in that culture, boy, for your parents or for 
a hero such as Moses to pronounce a blessing over you was a big deal. I can just imagine how attentive each of the tribal leaders or the people in each tribe were to these blessings and just taking them in, just taking them in, okay? Just put yourself in their shoes. How do we receiving these blessings and exhortation from their leader? We come to verse 8. This is what he said about the liver, your tumin and urine belong to your faithful servant. Of course, we know what the tumin and urine are. I hope you recall, okay? Remember, these were stones that were attached to the breastplate of the priest that he would use supernaturally to gain wisdom from the Lord, okay? We come down to verse 10. He teaches your precepts to Jacob and your law to Israel. Verse 12 has the blessing about Benjamin there. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long, pronouncing blessing of security there. Blessing for Joseph is in verse 13. May the Lord bless his land with the precious dew forth heaven above and with the deep waters that lie below. My goodness, prosperity there. We come all the way to verse 17. We see the blessings of uh, Ephraim, Manasseh, Zubuloth there. We come to verse 20, verse 20 about God, the tribe of God. Blessed is he who enlarges God's domain. God lives there like a lion again. Blessing of strength. We come to verse 22. That is a blessing for the tribe of Dan. Dan is a lion's curb springing out of Bashan. Again, blessing of strength. Napathali. Napathali is abounding with favor of the Lord and is full of his blessing. Abundant prosperity there. Verse 24 is the blessing towards the tribe of Asher. He said, most blessed of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him bathe his feet in oil. Here we see God's favor. He is praying God's favor over them. I mean, the scripture doesn't tell us, but I'm just wondering how or what was in Moses' mind when he was uttering these various blessings to the various tribes. But nonetheless, they are all blessings of exhortation, blessings of hope, blessings of strength, prosperity and God's favor okay and then we come to verse 29 uh, blessed are you Israel now he is blessing the entire nation of Israel blessed are you Israel who is like you a people saved by the Lord he is your shield and helper and your glorious sword your enemies will cower before you and you will thread on their heights what an encouraging blessing. What an encouraging last few words from your hero, from your pastor, from your leader, and from Moses to us. All applicable. I mean, if you were to go back, I know I skipped some of the verses of this blessing because it is self-explanatory. But if you were to go back, it is packed with hope strength, words of encouragement, 
God's presence in their midst, God's favor, God's provision. I, I want that in my life. I'm sure you would agree. So we see Moses, a man of God, with much love for the nation of Israel. Like I said before, Moses represented a type of Christ. Interceding for the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. We see Moses, a true man of God, a true leader, accepting the consequences of his disobedience. We did not learn anywhere here throughout the five books of Moses, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, that Moses grumbled or Moses was angry at the Lord for that discipline. We learned about Moses, a man of God who accepted the discipline from God, who stayed very close to God until the end, who took upon the responsibility of his assignment until the end. Moses never gave up on God. Moses was steadfast because his strength was from the Lord. Okay, friends, we can never give up. In spite of all of our failures, in spite of how God disciplines us, because like I have said in the past, all discipline in the life of a believer is for our own good, to strengthen us, to shape and mold our character, and to conform us into the image of Christ. Even when God disciplines us due to disobedience, we would be wise to quickly recognize that, accept that, ask for forgiveness and restoration with the Lord because he knows best. He loves us unconditionally. These are the qualities we saw in Moses, a loving man of God interceding for the nation of Israel, accepting of God's discipline, okay? Blessing, pronouncing prosperity to the nation of Israel in spite of the fact that he knew that they were a stiff-necked people. He never gave up on them, just like we should not give up on our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are walking in disobedience. We should never give up because God never gives up. Okay, so that brings us to the end of chapter 33. We go right away to chapter 34 here in the book of Deuteronomy, which is the last chapter in this phenomenal book. I don't want this to end, but it has to end. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so what is the gist of chapter 34? We will learn about the death of Moses. That's it. We will learn about the death of Moses. So let's get right into it. It is a very short chapter, so, and very self-explanatory. Let us begin with verse 1 out of Deuteronomy chapter 34. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Bishka across from Jericho. Right away, Moses was obeying what the Lord had told him. No anger, no animosity, no complaints. He just obeyed. What a lesson for all of us. Because there are people today that when the Lord is disciplining them, they complain, it was not my fault. It was not. Who cares? If the Lord is disciplining you, 
disciplining you, rather, it is for your own good. Okay? The faster you learn to accept that and just walk with the Lord, <laughs> the better for you. Okay? Okay. Going back here. There, the Lord showed him, referring to Moses, the whole land from Gilad to Dan, verse 2, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 3, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, city of Palms, as far as Zohar. Verse 4, then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over it. Wow. So God allowed Moses to get to climb Mount Nebo to take an excellent view of the entire land so Moses can see with his own eyes the manifestation of God's faithfulness, God's promise. God is like, this is the land I promised on oath. You have seen with your own eyes and now you can die. You can be buried with your ancestors. At least Moses saw it from a distance. Okay, that was God's mercy because God would have just said, you won't even see it. At least Moses had the satisfaction that he saw it with his own eyes. He saw his hard work with his own eyes, even though he did not get in there. Okay, verse 5. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab as the Lord had said. Verse 6. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Bethpoa, but to this day no one knows where his grave is. Isn't this something? And to the best of my knowledge, in all of my readings, this statement is still true. Nobody knew back then, and I have not heard of any archaeological excavation of the burial site of Moses. Uh, if you have heard about it, please call the ministry and let us know so I can read up on this. But it's interesting because moving forward to the New Testament, the Apostle Jude, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us in Jude chapter 1 verse 9 how the archangel Michael and the devil i.e. Satan fought over the body of Moses. Apparently, Satan was trying to possess or take control of Moses' body. Who knows what? But obviously, Michael the archangel beat him hands down. Okay. Verse 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. Again, we are really highlighting here, again, this verse rather is highlighting how Moses did not die because he was weak or tired of, of being a leader of the nation of Israel. No, up till his last day, Moses was still strong, but it was God's will that he died prematurely. He died because of that disobedience, okay? 
Verse 8, the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Verse 9, now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. If you recall, Moses had transferred the baton to Joshua through the laying on of hands and the Lord had confirmed Joshua in front of the assembly of the entire nation of Israel. So there was no disputing who would be the leader. It had been said over and over that Joshua would take over and the Lord himself had encouraged Joshua. Moses had encouraged Joshua in front of the assembly. So now all of the people were looking onto Joshua as their leader and they were ready to obey Joshua. And we will learn more about the courage of Joshua when we get to the very next book in the Bible, the book of Joshua. But I tell you, Joshua is my favorite Old Testament saint because I really admire his courage, his faith, and his boldness. I can't wait for us to get there to study the book of Joshua. Okay, we come to verse 10. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Verse 11, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh, and to all his officials, and to his whole land. Verse 12, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So true. Okay, going back here to verse 10, saying that uh, no prophet has risen whom the Lord knew face to face. This is not referring to a physical face to face. This is referring to, remember we talked about how Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of the Lord. Okay, and uh, Moses had the audible voice of God. God appeared to Moses throughout in a theophany. So that relationship is described here as a face-to-face -face encounter because it really was. Although God is a spirit, he does not have forms or limbs and legs like us. So God manifested himself to Moses in the burning bush, in the cloud, at the entrance of the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. So that encounter was like face to face because when Moses looked at that cloud, that theophany, or when Moses looked at that fire, that theophany, that God manifested himself, Moses was actually seeing God face to face, except in the theophany, and listening to the voice of God and talking to God face to face. Awesome. Okay, so uh, no prophet has ever done such mighty work, powerful deeds as Moses, except over 2,000 years ago, the prophet of all prophets, the Lord Jesus, came. And of course, is the prophet of all prophets, who then has done more than any other human being in the history of the world. So uh, that verse 12 there has been fulfilled in Christ. So that brings us to the very end of chapter 34 
and to the very end of the book of Deuteronomy. So what are the major principles and applications we have learned from chapters 31 through 34? But these are all self-explanatory, so let us review them. Principle number one, God's faithfulness. Obvious, right? That is throughout the scriptures, but specifically highlighted here in the book of Deuteronomy, especially the last few chapters, how God even prophesied that the Israelites would forsake him, they would abandon him, they would reject him. Yet, God still made provisions from, for them to return to him and ask for forgiveness, and he would restore them. My goodness, aren't you blessed to serve a God like this? Okay, which leads me to the second major, second major principle, rather. We see God as a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, endless chances. God gave the nation of Israel countless multiple chances, multiple opportunities, made provisions for forgiveness, made provisions for restoration. So we are learning how God is still doing the same in our lives today. God will forgive us endless amount of times. God keeps no record of our wrongs. God is so willing to forgive us God is so willing to restore us because he loves us. That has not changed. And the next major principle we have learned is the love for Moses, for the nation of Israel. The love of Moses for his fellow brothers and sisters. And there is a lot we can learn from that as to how we treat our fellow Christians. And the last major principle here is that we learned about Moses as a type of Christ interceding from his heart for the nation of Israel. We saw Moses praying for them in spite of the fact that he knew they were a stiff-necked people. We saw Moses pronouncing blessings and favor and prosperity into their lives in spite of their rebellious, stiff-necked nature. So what are the major applications? These are self-explanatory. When we reject God due to disobedience, God will never, never reject us. God will never leave or forsake us. God is 100% faithful. It is us, his children, who are unfaithful. So how do we practice faithfulness towards God? Again, simply by obeying the laws of God, serving him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. Allowing the Holy Spirit to strengthen you moment by moment, surrendering your desires under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, trusting that God knows best, and He does. Seek the counsel of God through His Word in the Bible in every area of your life. God has already pre-warned us in the Bible about consequences for disobedience. Like I have often said, 
God is not going to strike us dead. God's wrath is not going to come upon us today, those of us who are true Christians. But when we disobey God, we prevent and block his blessings in our lives, his provisions and protection, and that hurts God. So how can you avoid all this? Obey the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord, take his teachings seriously. The word of God is life. The word of God is your roadmap to navigate through this dark life. The word of God is your only source of hope. The word of God is the only truth. I really hope we have learned a lot from the book of Deuteronomy. I hope that we will walk away from this book with a major, major principle being that of obedience, fostering God's blessings and disobedience leading to major consequences. I hope we can learn that when we obey God, we show that we love him. When we obey God, we would prevent the inroad of the evil one, Satan, into our lives. I hope you've received this teaching in the book of Deuteronomy, and I hope you can allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you so you can apply these principles into your life and live a life worthy as a child of God. Live a life worthy to give God the praise and to live a legacy. I hope you receive all that in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you have been listening to me for the very first time, or if you have been listening to me before, and you don't have a relationship with this loving, compassionate, forgiving, patient God of the Bible, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, who is the only true living God there is, if you don't know this God, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now. We have been learning how the Lord told the Israelites and is telling us today that I have said before you, life and death, choose life so that you may live. I want to give you the opportunity to choose life today. God has given you a choice. It is a free will for you to choose life or death. God will never force himself onto you. You have to wholeheartedly make that commitment in your heart to want to know God. And then like I have been teaching, once you make that commitment, God will reveal more of himself to you because God is always present and waiting to reveal himself to you. But to know this God... The Bible says you can only know him through a living relationship with Jesus Christ, who was and is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ was God himself before he became flesh and bones, i.e. before he became a man. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ has always existed, even before the creation of, of the world. In fact, Jesus Christ is a creator of the world. Jesus Christ died on that cross in place of you. Jesus Christ took upon his sinless body all of 
your sins, all of the curses on his body. That way, you do not have to suffer for your own sins. Jesus Christ came into this world to reveal the true nature of God the Father to us. Jesus Christ came into this world to set us free, to give us a choice to choose life and not death. Jesus Christ came into this world to, to release us from the bondage of Satan and to release us from the darkness in this world if we choose. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he has paved the way for you to have a relationship with God the Father if you choose. For the Bible says that there is no other name given unto man by which salvation must come. Salvation can only come through one person, Jesus Christ, because he fulfilled all of God's laws perfectly. He lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and on the third day as prophesied, God the Father raised him from the dead. He is alive today. And he wants a relationship with you, if you so desire. Jesus Christ himself said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, who is the only God of the heavens and the earth, the God of the Bible. No one can come to this God except you come through Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ today? Do you want to know this true, loving, compassionate, forgiving, and patient God? The Bible says that if you do, it's simple. Believe in your heart, in all of the works that Christ Jesus did. Believe in your heart, in all of his miracles. Believe that he was God in the flesh. Believe that he died on the cross and on the third day, God the Father raised him from the dead. The Bible says if you believe that and you confess that with your mouth and you invite Jesus Christ into your life, he will come in and you will become his follower, i.e. you will become a Christian. Are you ready to make that confession of faith? Are you ready to accept Jesus Christ into your life? You do not have to earn it. You do not have to deserve it. You do not have to do anything except believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And you will be saved today and all of your sins, all of your sins, past, present, and future sins will be instantly forgiven. Are you ready? If you are ready and you are home, you can go on your knees if you are able. Raise your hands towards the heavens. That is a position of humility. Or if you are unable to do that, you can just say this simple prayer. Or if you are driving, you can say this simple prayer. Please keep your eyes open. It's simple. It is not the prayer. It's what you believe in your heart and you're just confessing out of your mouth. Just simply say, Dear God, I acknowledge I am a sinner. Forgive me for all of my sins in the past. Forgive me for not acknowledging that Jesus Christ is God who died 
on that cross for my sins. Today, I receive your forgiveness, Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart and I am confessing with my mouth that you died on that cross for my sins. And on the third day, God the Father raised you from the dead and you are alive today. Today, I denounce all other false ways to you, God. I choose you, Jesus Christ, as my personal Lord and Savior. By faith, I believe this prayer is answered. And by faith today, I declare I have been accepted as a child of God. By faith, I declare I am a Christian. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer for the first time, I want to also pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Just pray after me. Father God, as a child of God, I'm asking you to fill me right now with your Holy Spirit so I can be strengthened to live a life worthy as a Christian. By faith, I receive that feeling. By faith, I believe I am filled by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that prayer genuinely for the very first time, we would like for you to contact us so we can send you some more resources to help you grow as a Christian. Welcome into God's kingdom, the kingdom of light. The next thing, the next thing rather, that should happen is that you should find a Bible-believing church in your local area where Christ Jesus is the center, the Holy Spirit is present there, and the Bible is used as the authority to teach God's word, and there is evidence of the Holy Spirit in the church. Find a church like that, get involved in ministry there, and you serve God, you obey God, and you trust Him with all of your decisions, and He will bless you abundantly and walk you through this dark world and give you much joy and peace like you have never known. Would you contact us so we can help you? You can go to the website www.drruthtanyi.org and email us so we can send you some more resources or you can simply call us so we can help you. Welcome into God's kingdom. And Father God, I lift up all the listeners today. You are such a good God, so I just thank you that you go before them. You protect them, you guide them, you direct them. I thank you that you have answered our prayer because we have prayed in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody says, Amen. As you have been blessed, can you bless us back with a financial donation so we can produce more teachings and bless others in return? This program is solely sponsored by the financial donations from friends and listeners like you. We need your financial support in order to reach more people with Dr. Ruth's simple but profound life-changing messages. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I. 
www.thepacemaker.org. Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular mail, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address. Info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978 Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries is a federal government approved 501c corporation which means that all your donations are 100% tax deductible as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers. We pray for God's love and presence to anchor your soul today in Christ Jesus. I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and goodbye for now.